Hello out there, meteorologist Joe Bastardi, the American Storm. This is the American Storm podcast, and uh, this is episode three. Actually, it's like four or five. We, all, <laughs> we always make that, make that. Before I introduce uh, the people that actually carry the show mm-hmm. and uh, fill in for when I, I actually do shut up every once in a while, uh, standing invitation to Bill Nye or Dr. Mann to come on the show once we figure out how we could actually take phone calls. So give us a little time so we actually have some listeners, because we wouldn't want, we wouldn't want to be accused of uh, using your notoriety to try to pump our numbers over here. Anyway, we've got the American girl, Jessie Bastardi, my daughter. Oh, by the way, people listening are saying you really add a lot of insight oh, to yeah? it. Yeah. Is this going to be my uh, foundation for launching my political pundit career? Should I become a political commentator? You should do I love that. You... I love just, I want to have a profession that's just commenting on things. That that would be good because you know when I first started. Well, well, let me introduce <laughs> Jeff. <before laughs> no, you. Jeff is not a bad no, way to go. No. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. Jeff, Jeff Byers. Jeff Byers, the voice of anything Penn State that's important. We all know that's just wrestling. Uh, <laughs> Jeff, introduce yourself. Well, and congratulations to Zane Rutherford and David Taylor. Woo! But uh, yeah, we are ready to go, ready and raring for this third edition yeah. of the American Storm. Yeah, that's exactly right. But, you know, you brought that thing up about being a political commentator. When I was first um, dating your mother, mm-hmm. one of the most amusing things to me was I we drive down the street and I wanted to hear her make a comment on every person walking down the street, and she would. She had it. <laughs> was, they, that whole group in there, they were very, very uh, astute in making comments at the weaknesses of other people. I was like, holy smokes. That's why she was a good coach at gymnastics, because gymnastics is all about just, like, pointing out what you're doing wrong. Yeah, well, to, it's kind of <laughs> weird because, you know, my dad used to – my dad and Coach Cole was like they were both like that. They, no, but that's I'm, isn't that like just the nature of everything? It's like before you can't really know what to do right until you know what to do wrong. It's more like uh, stripping away of things, you know, until you what you have whatever's left. That's when you find out what's right. It's like well, well yeah, but the, the, the crazy thing was not to get philosophical. I was just joking. But no, just, I know you were, but it's just very <laughs> it's very interesting about that. There's two ways to get better. I mean, uh, today's day and well, age, every, everybody everybody wants away. to be. Uh, positive reinforcement. Well, I was on the wrestling team here. I, you know, Coach Cole never said boo to me until later in my junior year. He started yelling at me. In my senior year, I actually was breaking into the lineup, and I thought I was his whipping boy. Every day he was on my case in practice, and I was like, holy smoke. I think a great coach is uh, – sorry, go ahead. Go well, ahead. What I was going to say was uh, he was always a really fun guy in the office, you know, like he was always funny and stuff. So, it was completely different out in the wrestling mat. But uh, I went in. I said, hey, coach, you know how it's going? And, uh, you know, I'm a little concerned. I really fought real hard to try to, you know, be a presence on this team. And, uh, you know, I'm in the lineup. And I says, uh, you know, I'm getting yelled at quite a bit. And he says, well, you weren't worth anything before. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> and he, he always he's, – and he sat there and explained. Some of the, my, my dad had taught me. He said, you already, you already know what you're good at. My job is to make you good at what you're not good at. It was like with grand, my, my dad, your grandfather, mm-hmm. we'd rake leaves, and he would always find the one place we left a few leaves around, right? And he said, well, yeah. well you know, so. That's uh, gymnastics. But, but also, it's just, I love watching Deion Sanders lately, and I'm just, I don't know. Yeah. I've always grown up around really great coaches. I've grown up around not, good, great, not great coaches, and I've just seen all 
perspectives and just like if you can especially because i've grown up around intrinsically brutal sports like gymnastics and wrestling and stuff and whatever where it's not just like it's just different when your body's doing it's pretty brutal um people coaches who can inject joy and fun into something brutal and suffering that's always like like that is i feel like the essence of a great coach is like somehow to make motive being a motivator and like you see Deion sanders and whatever it's like being a great motivator like and i don't know that's just i feel like that across all domains and we can bring that into politics and stuff it's like it's who's who is motivated to be like a great American right now. Like nobody at the top is like motivated. That's what it seems like. There's a lot of complacency. Me and my coworker were talking about this today, just like at the top. um, It's like almost like a social club for these people. You know what I mean? So just like, it's like they don't even care. It's like, Oh, we'll go and argue in front of the camera when we're in, we're in the Senate or whatever. But then we go back and they probably just have happy hour and they're just fine. And behind cameras and they're complacent. Before we go further, can I just ask the two of you to remove your sunglasses and hats, please? (laughs) I I done went and made it personal. I'm sorry. (laughs) No, but, no, uh, you know, it's funny you talked about Dion because he, he, he came right in and told these guys, this is what I'm going to do. And, you know, <laughs> he did uh, that with uh, Mask and, 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 and what, what was crazy was and they said, if, I, if my words are going to drive you off, you shouldn't be here. Mm-hmm. The first year the Sanderson's got here. All right. Was I mean, it, it was a pretty brutal year. They wanted to see. Who was going to like a uh, sifting process? Buy in. Too. I mean, they were you know running yeah, a in. Saturday morning early and all this other stuff. They were running. Oh, uh, they yeah, but they run out there. I mean, I, you know, Quentin. I, I was helping out with a guy named Quentin Wright, who was uh, one of our greatest wrestlers. I mean, Quentin was carrying uh, to class. He had his backpack. And he carried two forty-five pound plates around campus. I really? Mean, yeah, these guys. These, <laughs> yeah, so I didn't you, know that. You know, and now they now there's actually one of these uh, videos out. Um, uh, you know, one of these uh, Hitler videos out of Tommy <laughs> Ryan throwing a fit because Penn State's known as the Fun Bunch now. But that thing just that just didn't show up. And I was listening to Dion last night. And you know he's. An we old need to sp- clarify that the Hitler video is a spoof. Like, yeah, it's there's a spoof. This, it's, yeah. A, it's a spoof that whenever a great team goes down, like there's plenty of Hitler videos for uh, Texas A&M losing and stuff. Yeah. So, uh, they, so. They, they got they got a movie called Downfall, and people dub their own. <laughs> their yeah, it's one. a lip dub. It's a lip dub. Uh, yeah, That's it's, what it is. it's 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 pretty it's pretty amusing. By the way, the mu- I saw the movie. It's really good. But um, what happens is that Dion was – he's a bottom line – we're bottom line old school coaches over yeah. here, right? And so the kids buy into it. And uh, there, was a, there was something uh, one of the politicians said, and I forget who the heck said it. Maybe it was uh, pre- former President Trump. He goes, when everybody's successful, most people are happy. Success, success breeds happiness. And non-success breeds other things. And there's a lot of things that you will do when you believe that you're in a situation where you're going to win Mm -hmm. and that there's hope and that there's vision involved. And what you see today, and let's say America was a team, all right? You're seeing that literally being taken That's taken what I down. was saying. Yeah. yeah. And not to like tie it in from all across the board. But I mean, everything's exactly the same in life. Like what works in one domain is going to work in another domain, I think. Like motivating and coaching. Like that's why you can, you can uh, be uh, – there are so many great wrestlers here who are great entrepreneurs and great businessmen um, and just great Penn Staters who are just go out in the world and they're great. And I just think that 
something I've learned from just being a fly on the wall around here that like that everything is really the same. How you approach something will carry you for the rest of your life. And sports teach a lot of life lessons. Um, and that's why it's just really cool to be a fly on the wall around here. So that's why we can talk about wrestling on a political podcast. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, in a climate, but think about what, let's go to what I do, climate and weather. And what this is, uh, all they're doing is the opposite. It's almost like an anti-human, anti-God agenda of limits, 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 as opposed to, you know, what Coach Sanders, uh, uh, Coach Sanders, Sanderson, but he mm-hmm. goes, we're not coming. Sanders? Like Dion uh, Sanders? Dion, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He says. Prime time, uh, Coach Prime. It's yeah. not Coach Sanders, Coach Prime. Yeah, well, what he said is, uh, you know, we're not coming. We're here, right, already. Mm-hmm. And that idea, that idea gets... Uh, gets very, very infectious uh, with people when you it have is. the right people around and people not willing, people that wish to sabotage it. They're like, I think a lot of the things that go on today, uh, people sabotage in excellence because they're afraid to attempt to be excellent themselves. Mm-hmm. And I think that that has a, a lot to do with why you're seeing this uh, massive move toward trying to limit what mm-hmm. society can do and uh, we're going to run out of this and run out of that and you know and it, it's almost anti-god because uh, when you look at uh, the way uh, god took uh, took care of the is- israelites he said i will give you what you need every day if you have the faith for that right don't hoard it and don't worry about tomorrow and what you're seeing now is it is it the exact opposite with we're going to run out of this or run out of that? Never mind. A hundred years ago, no one would have envisioned how how far man has progressed today. So there's a common link. The bottom line is there's a common link between Deion Sanders and uh, climate coach. Mm-hmm. Climate. Well, you were going to say something, Jeff. Well, uh, no. Uh, well, yeah, you should say something. Yeah, like you just just go in go there. Through, just through go my for it. Mind there. One of which is just the. To go back to Coach Sanderson's uh, approach Mm -hmm. here at Penn State, the the one thing that, uh, well, not the one thing, Mm -hmm. one of the many things that uh, I really do admire and and appreciate about their approach is, and all coaches talk about it, it, just worry about the things that you can control, right? Mm -hmm. You can't control what the ref is going to do. You can't control this. You can't control that. And everybody talks that, but... To watch somebody actually live it yeah, <laughs> to the degree that, that Kale Sanderson and Casey Cottingham and Cody Sanderson uh, and Jimmy Kennedy and, and now, you know, Zane Rutherford and David Taylor uh, do, it, it is, it's inspirational, but it's also... Uh, pretty rare mm-hmm. right like well, I, is, I mean it, it there is. are not many of us that can sit there and truly hey i know what i can control i can control my reaction to a situation i can tr- control uh my happiness I, I don't need to rely on others and again it's easy to say and it's easy to preach it, it is not easy to actually implement uh, in your daily life and i think to well, tie it back to, to climate change, one of the things that has been really disheartening in listening to the, the talk here about, uh, you know, we're trying to make all of these uh, adjustments and get carbon neutral and all of this stuff. But to listen to the hopelessness mm-hmm. of some of these young people, it's like, I, I mean, I was listening to the news this morning and it was, uh, or actually I think it was yesterday, I was listening to a, a piece on NPR 
And there were, they had three college kids right in a row, and they were all, the essence of their uh, description was, listen, I, I want the chance to live uh, my life, and if we don't take care of climate right now, I'm not going to be able to, to live my yeah. life. We are literally killing uh, off our generation, and I'm sitting there, and I'm like, first of all, look around you. Nobody in your generation is dying. Mm-hmm. That, that's the first. Well, they, that's where the, Greta's the, the, come like, from. Start, start there. Well, here's the crazy thing: what you are dying from, and what you are having problems with, is the fact that you just rolled over and accept the fact that you had to take a shot in your arm, and now maybe one to three percent of you have the sword of Damocles hanging over your head. This is the young people I'm talking about. That if, you know, they're so darn afraid of everything that as soon as something comes up to test whatever metal they have, their character's revealed. Look, I'm sorry if I sound I don't like even, a heart. Some pe- wait, but let me tell you from my experience, because I'm in this age group, there are a lot of people who are completely indifferent towards it. It's like, it's not even like, oh, I'm scared. Because at least, you know how like St. Paul wrote a lot of the Bible and he was Saul and he was killing Christians or something. There's some sort of utility in being very, very fear driven. Like you in the Revelation, it's like lukewarm's worse. Like lukewarm's yeah. no good. I wish you were hot or cold. You, at least you can be a great uh, testimony of faith if, you, if you're a hater and you turn into a uh, a super awesome like Christian, whatever. It's like you're transformed, whatever. My God, if when people are lukewarm and it's like, yeah, I got the shot so I could travel for one time, but or like or like if people who are scared or, or at least passionate about something in some direction, that's one thing. But for me, a lot of people are like, nah, I don't really care. I'm indifferent. Well, uh, 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 what, but there what, are a lot of people like Greta too who are just like they they think that. Or people don't want to have children because they don't think the world's going to be great for their children. It's well, like, then uh, yeah, that's you want to know something? This is a, this may sound like a real harsh comment, but maybe some of Darwin's ideas uh, are actually working out. You don't want to have children because you're afraid of climate change in a hundred years. Well, guess what? Maybe those maybe that's a good idea because you're just going to probably breed ki- kids that are even more scared or whatever. But the whole pro- the whole problem is is this idea uh, and uh, fundamentally weak people. They're mm-hmm. fundamentally weak. The people that are driving this, but, but that means they believe that. We have to all band together because of the weakness of man rather than saying, you know, as an individual of free will and my focus on God, I have a chance to get strong. All right. Mm -hmm. And so that's why it is with COVID. That's what you see with all the other stuff where I bring COVID up because it's a it's is it obvious now that what I wrote in my book that this is going to be a warm up for climate for climate uh, control? Come on now. I, I don't, you, you've got to say that, well, you know, you might be every, wrong about every weather forecast you've ever put out, but those two chapters in that book, you're seeing it come out, you're seeing it come out now. And guess how the control is going to be accomplished, all right? Let's take the UAW. They want 41% increases in raises, all right? That's going to simply dr- make it so that no one can get a car. It's bad enough that what's going on with the electric vehicles now I mean, I have nothing against, you know, progress or anything like that. But the electric vehicles are not progress. You know, and yeah. by that, I mean, you, you've got a thousand pound battery in the front of your car. What are you going to do to the braking like system be, of the car, for goodness sakes? I feel like it would be progress if it weren't so, um, 
it didn't feel so forceful. That's how I feel about clean energy and stuff. Like it feels forceful. The, I, I think the best ideas that we produce come up organically and they're not forced and they just, we adopt them because they get better and better and better. Right. But once it gets to the point where the reason you are using a product is because it felt forced upon you or you have an electric stove because you can't have a gas stove, then the electric stove won't be even, it won't even be as good as where you let the free market and really brilliant people have to make something that competes with a gas stove. You know what I mean? So I think clean energy would be better should if you didn't regulate it so much so that it was such a derogatory thing to have. Not that gas isn't, or like using gas-powered stuff isn't free energy or coal-powered or whatever, you know what I'm talking about. But just the fact that you're regulating it to make it seem like a bad thing, then the clean energy isn't even going to be as good. You know, yeah. because it doesn't have any, it well, doesn't have a worthy opponent to be a, good a, for it's it. A, uh, that, but that's exactly right. If you wipe out your competition, how are you going to improve? I know. But, but I understand what you were saying. Not to, like, I know we've gone like all circle, but you were, you were insinuating that like the coaches are very present, but in climate or something, we're scaring kids into thinking about something that we don't even have, aren't even sure if we have accurate projections for. Well, and we can't have, and to tie it back to the, the COVID, the, we the clean energy is just such a misnomer because mm. one, it, it's <laughs> there are pluses and minuses to everything, right? And and so at this point, we have pretty well perfected how to extract oil from the ground in a pretty efficient and clean way. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, everybody is looking for hey, let's get the the clean green energy that, that won't have any impact on, on uh, the environment. And it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, it is. it's, number one, it is not possible. Uh, it, it is going to have a different impact. I understand that. But it is, uh, you know, the windmills with birds and uh, everything yeah. else that that, that impacts, uh, the, you know, the solar panels, uh, the, you know, Products that we need to make those, we're mm-hmm. relying right now on slave labor in China to uh, or cobalt be mines. able to yes, it's to, unbelie- to be able to get that it, it is unbelievable. And, and any of these mines are going to affect the land in, in that area. So it's not. We keep making it sound like there's this energy that's here now yeah. that we've refined and it's completely clean, and it's it's not. It's not possible. So for that what to happens be the case. if you're lukewarm? You're not paying attention to it. And then all of a sudden, with three weeks to go before the election, you start paying attention to it. And someone says, this guy's a, you know, a Nazi or whatever, and he's trying to do this. And that's what's going on in this it's country. It's weird, though. It's a double-edged yeah. sword because, like, you also can't be so invested in it that it robs you of your joy and your peace and stuff. Because a lot of, yeah. a lot of people get, like... Oh, we get angry in our household. Oh, it's yeah. like, oh no, this it's like it's like a double edged sword. So it's like, and also I've learned. I feel like I've grown as a person because politics gets we we get really heated about politics and really fired up about it. Uh, but like once you learn a lot of it for me, a lot of it has to do with my faith and stuff. It's like yeah. I'm trying to live in a kingdom that's eternal, and this one's going to pass away eventually. But once you learn to go into an environment in which there's so much noise and whatever, but you can still be present, like we were talking about earlier in sports and stuff. That's really powerful too, but it's a it's a double-edged sword between being lukewarm and then getting so heated that it robs you of, of the things well, that's that, my, that's my, of your I, peace. I, like I've had a very storm, what I call stormy day today. You know, at the end of the day when I'm lying down talking to my Heavenly Father, I'm going, man, this was not a good... I think the first thing that got me mad was... A, 
I overslept this morning. That got me <laughs> that's mad. A, but, that's a hot uh, start. But, 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 <laughs> but then when I did wake up, the first thing I hear is that Kyle lost. Uh, Kyle Snyder is a friend of ours. Lost, and it, w- it was kind of weird. It was like, oh, man, what kind of day is this going to be? Like that it, it, with, with, with certain things. And then when I open my email, I try to go right to Scripture first. But there's usually <laughs> the Scripture usually comes in like at 1 to 4 in the morning. So there's other stuff coming in. And much of it is from friends of mine that are feeding me information about the climate situation, some of the bonehead things that are going on, (laughs) which is what they are. They're bonehead. Okay, so you know what I'm doing now, Jeff? If you follow me on Twitter, every day you're going to get the global temperature. You know what the global temperature is right now? 57.33 Fahrenheit. Is, is there any sane... That's good, human, solid Big Ten football weather right is, there. Does any sane person believe that's a planet burning up? All right? Well, no, that's not what it means. Well, you keep telling me how hot it is. All right? Look at the Yeah, red. you keep telling me the whole globe's is, getting hotter. The, okay, now, that, you know, it's what do you call I feel like, uh, what's his, Bluto, Blutarski in Animal House. Okay, just let him go. He's on a roll over here. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'll CNN, okay? The red, up, Jesse, claw, the red Cross claims that the drought... And Hurricane Adalia from climate change is what's causing them to be low on blood. All right? That's the first thing they say. Well, I'm sitting here. I'm listening to this whole thing going, well, wait a minute. Hurricane Adalia, when it actually went ashore at the height of the hurricane season, had weakened from a Cat 4 to a Cat 2 and probably a Cat 1 if we really wanted to look at it. So how did that happen? And why would why would it be climate change that caused it to intensify? But then it's – I got to sit up. I forgot I look like Jabba the Hutt on the last thing. <laughs> uh, uh, why, would, why was it climate change that caused it to intensify? But when it fell apart in the last 12 hours, what was that? Oh, no, well, that's something else. And then the drought this year. Oh, Texas was dry. Most of the country had one of the greatest growing seasons on record. Yet again, look at the corn in Pennsylvania. The last 12 years where we live, there's nothing but can. I mean, the corn is dangerous because it's so high on the side of the road. The deer are hiding in there, ready to jump out in front of you so that you crash your car. I mean, I know what this is all about. But the fact is that this stuff is taken and played the way it is, played the way it is. and it's just... It's just warping everything. And it, you know, I know something. It's your own fault because it says in Scripture the people will get basically what they deserve. You know, when without a vision, people perish. So the average person is not looking for anything except for what what do I want now? As opposed as opposed to well, let me see what the whole issue is about. See, I'm not afraid of everything coming out because. The worst thing that can happen is I'm wrong, and then I'll have the knowledge to be right. I'm not afraid of that. But when you see people consistently stopping that, or people who, well, I'm not going to look at that, I'm not going to do this, or I'm going to do that, well, then you're going to get what you deserve. And I don't mind that you get what you, you deserve, but don't force your misery on me, which is what you're seeing going on today, this forced misery. Well, it's like... I'll give you an example. Let's take the immigration situation, okay? Now you say, well, what does that have to do with climate? Well, AOC claims that apparently these people over three generations can can detect that it's one-tenth of a degree warmer in, in 40 years or whatever it is, and so they've got to come north. Okay, well, now they're being transported up to— um, AOC uh, says they're coming north because of, of climate. climate. Yeah, that's right. But, but oh let me just get gosh. this. So 
apparently what the design was of these brilliant people that decided let's just have open borders. Let's just make sure Texas just keeps everybody. So the Texas governor, the the mayor of New York's called the guy a madman because he's shipping people up to New York and say, okay, let's let's play a little socialism here. Shared misery. All right. So and so what what are you seeing here, folks? What is the common thread of this whole situation? Think, think, think about what's going on. It's deception, it's delusion, it's distortion. You've got to find out for yourself what the facts are. You don't believe Job is starting. My goodness, there are times I have trouble believing what the heck I say. I have to keep researching it and researching it again. But you're seeing it right across the board. So the, this podcast, you know, we talk about climate. I mean, we, we could really – lying dog-faced pony soldiers and all this other stuff that's going on today. But the fact is that there's linkage across the board, and the common lynch, linkage is deception, delusion, and distortion. And that's what's going on. And if you're willing to just, at the, at the drop of a pin, listen to one side or the other without examining the whole situation – you're gonna, we're going to get what we deserve here in this country. But what is amazing is how quickly we have just abandoned what the founding principles of this country uh, are. And when you look at, uh, and, you know, to me, the, the COVID uh, pandemic was a, a prime example of it. But it is that this... Uh, our whole government was founded on it's it's of the people by the people so that the one it, nation it, it, under it, god if if you are in charge quote unquote uh you are treated no differently than the poorest citizen out there is is the the theory and that the law will apply equally we saw during covid the number of uh, hey Folks, you can't have parties. Well, <laughs> the senators can have parties. You were supposed to find it's out about house. that, but but we, we we can do that. You know, I'm I'm watching this uh, this John Fetterman thing this week where the hey now, by gosh, we don't need to you don't need to wear suits uh, to be in the Senate all for for one individual. But if you visit the Senate, you are still required. The dress code still applies to you. This is so completely opposite. If you're going Can to I lower the standards, and I wish you wouldn't, but if you're going to lower them, you can't lower them just for the people that are in charge and tell the the peons out here, well, no, the, the, the rules still apply to you. But we are doing this more and more consistently, and climate change is, you know, obviously, I mean, it's been pointed oh, yeah, out many times. Well, you know, I, I'm very... Very important. I have to have my private jet, but you, you need to go purchase the electric vehicle. It is insane that people buy into this when you sit there and look at what the people that are telling you to do this and what's best for you. If it's best for us, then do it yourselves. Well, I think the whole thing is the whole. There's a whole uh, the whole construction now is this war between uh, people who wish to control and people who wish to continue the American experiment, which is basically ex experimenting chaos and then overcoming chaos because you're free to compete. That's basically what our experiment's about. And it's done so with the idea that we're under God. 
Uh, you know, Levin's new book is very, very interesting. I was watching some of Life, Liberty, and Levin, and it's, a, it's amazing. He will state one fact after another, same way I will state one fact after another about the amount of trees in Pennsylvania, or geothermal spreading, or the, the capabilities of carbon dioxide with his back radiation compared to, let's say, the sun mm-hmm. or, and, and things like that. And it's as if you get punished now for telling the truth. And what does that tell you that there is a design? It's really, it's really fascinating in that in the Marxist revolutions mm-hmm. that have actually happened, and let's call this what it is, it's always been the, it's always been the, uh, the, the classes rising up, right? This is completely different. This is a top-down change of control where you have people who are in a situation that they believe they are more intelligent and they need to control the masses. It's literally like the Hunger Games. And and, and the masses, the masses don't think to themselves. Well, all all the. Let me ask you a question. Have you guys go shopping? How many billionaires do you see shopping in Wegmans, or or any of the stores? No, you don't see. It. You see regular people. Where do you think most of the money actually is in this country? It's with regular people. What happens when those regular people who wish to become a little bit better off, who wish a little bit more success, want they can. What happens when their their money and, and their their way of actually attaining some of those things dry up? Our electric bill in my house mm-hmm. has more than doubled. So you want you, you you want you want me to say this, all right? Oh, you know, uh, uh, Donald Trump is so even well uh, evil. Well, let me tell you something. My, I didn't have an electric bill over two hundred dollars. Right, mm-hmm. three years ago, four years ago, gas tank. Uh, I, I have I have an electric bill now that I can't even. It's summer when we don't even use electricity, and I know what they're doing. They're subsidizing the green energy companies to try to force you to go away from the fossil fuel companies to a point where all the fossil fuel companies are out of business, and then you have no choice. See, that's the thing: the elimination of choice is what is going on here. And then we all just march around and be China. But that's what I was saying at the beginning. It's like these people, it's just, a, it's not a big deal for them because they can just, oh yeah, you you are struggling with your electric bill or something. That's I'm so sorry, but I'm going to go get on my private jet over here and I'm going to go mingle with people. Even though, or we were just at the Senate or whatever and we were just, AOC was arguing with this person on, on TV just to get, so it could like pop off on Twitter or something. But now we're going to, I'm going to go home and I'm going to go go home to my family and I'm going to have a glass of wine and you guys can suffer over there, but it's not a big deal to me because I'm the policymaker and I'm the face of the I'm the face of the party and stuff and it's just like it's not even the top one percent of the one percent everyone thinks it's left versus right when it's really just like the top people yeah right and then everyone on the bottom and this is what it's very confusing because like you there's not much to disagree with other than like abortion and very like this is what they run elections on this is how they get the left versus right because it's 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 like or like the gender ideology or the the social politics or whatever but in reality most left-wing people who are not psychopaths usually they feel the same way too i feel like that's intrinsically more of a liberal thought to think that there's more of a like an upper class that's ruling over the world. That's actually how it is. We are under mark as social, at least socialism. Socialism is always a stepping stone towards something worse, be it communism or yeah. Marxism or whatever. And it's just we are well, actually living in that. Well, it's it's amazing in talking to people how close 
I am to people on the so-called left side of politics. That's what I was saying. On an individual basis. We agree everything individually, and then suddenly this this magic occurs, and I don't know where it is. One of my, my, one of my dearest friends, and I'm not going to say who he is. So in 2004, I, I gave him this list, a list of 10 issues, and I said, I want you to tell me what issues you support here. And he realized what I was doing. He got down to the... Eighth, and he realized every single one of them was what uh, George Bush uh, Jr. or whatever he is uh, was pushing. And he just he went out of his mind. I will never vote for him. I will mm-hmm. never. He, in other words, he he and I, I tell people all the time. Here's how here's how I do my election stuff. I get my ten top issues. What's my number one issue that gets weighted ten points? The number two issue gets rated nine. Eight, seven, six, and then I look where the candidates are and see which see which winds up. I actually do yeah. an objective or an analytical uh, analytical idea as far as uh, the support. And it's amazing how people don't wish to test themselves. Mm. And so, uh, you know, your problem the problem is that you will allow the strong are going to dominate you if you're not strong yourself. They're not even strong. Like well, they're, 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 strong? It's, it, I know what you're saying, though. They're, powerful. They're, they're powerful, but they're powerful because they realized that they have to band together in this way. Or they're yeah, motivated. Well, like you, at the you, beginning, they were. They have They have an objective and a purpose that they are motivated towards. And if you don't have a purpose, it, no matter how good of a person you are, an evil person with an objective and a purpose right, and a motivation a is going to beat someone who's a generally good person but doesn't have a vision and doesn't have a purpose. So you have to develop. If, you're a, if you think you're a good person or a good American, but you don't have a, a vision or a purpose for why you do what you do, be it your family or like, I don't know, you just think you have a generate, you want to create, generational abundance for whoever's going to come after you like if you don't have that purpose you're always going to get beat by evil people who do yeah, have purpose. yeah well zealotry zealotry really does i mean it actually works i mean the yeah. nazi party the nazi yeah, party had only had seven percent of the german population was registered members the bolsheviks had 11 percent. our own revolution in this country there were only 33 percent of the people that supported that revolution yeah. so uh, you know the even d- look at the last election uh, who actually supported joe biden versus hated donald trump and uh, you know mm, sorry yeah, well, go ahead you know, continue. that's a, that's an interesting thing too because i think i think even in the time of covid all right it's your civic duty to try to show up and vote all right and uh, it, it was it was very interesting about that as far as the numbers when you broke down the number. Well, I knew Joe Biden was going to win well in advance because I uh, there's a, there's a method to actually look at it. If you look at where the unknown what they call dark money is, like Trump was Trump Trump trashed Hillary four to one in 2016. All right, Trump had m- much more dark money than Hillary Clinton, but that all flipped around quite a bit. In 2020, right? So I was, I was sitting there. Like, Is that was, because was, Black Lives Matter was donating? We're not going to get no, into that. No, 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 no. This was our, our, no, our I just buddy remember. over there at Soros. You know, it's kind of funny. I know, but it was all it, funneled in on the same side. But sorry, it, go, ahead. go it, ahead. In 2004, I brought up that name with a very, very good friend of mine. He goes, who's that? And I go, he just put $24 million into the election to beat uh, to beat George uh, Bush, 
$24 million. Where'd you get that fact? You know, like uh, immediately this question of it. And what Soros, who is a genius, decided to do was twofold. He decided that, uh, you know, let's just let's just let's just make sure we win all the local little elections mm. and just pick all that stuff off. You know, so you have school boards the way they are. And then he also realized, uh, along with some of his friends, he had to just unbelievably fund the candidate that represented opposite of what uh, what he uh, his one world policy is or whatever it is. But it's amazing when you actually read about it. And people don't understand. It's not just it's not just him either. All right. I mean, guys in Time magazine saying there are mornings I wake up and I feel like I'm God. You tend to say to yourself, I don't know if I want that guy running the whole the whole situation. All right. And, you know, I always tell people I said this on WPRO this past weekend in Providence. I said, I don't begrudge the Chinese, you know, trying to beat us. The Chinese are not. The Chinese, yeah, you, the Chinese are not to out, out to conquer America. You know what they're out to do? They're out to have America work for them. That's what, yep. and yep. that's what, that's what, that's what I don't understand. And yet I sort of understand it because if America no longer wants to compete, and you yeah. have a society, the Chinese society, as I've read about it, is amazing. They have such a long-term vision, as opposed to what can I get for myself right now? Okay, and so what, when it comes to climate. You, this is this is we've talked about this before. What the heck are you doing bullying your own people? What if America did what Joe Biden and Gore and all these people want America to do? And I don't even know if it's Joe Biden. Who the heck knows who's running? What's ever going on there? I don't believe it's him. I believe that it's. Uh, uh, listen, I believe the people that are behind this are very very astute. They're very smart. Mm-hmm. All right. I read Barack Obama's books, both of them. I was alarmed by them. All right, it's, the Springsteen it, one. It, it, that, no, that was no, a low no, blow no, when he called it the Rising. Sorry, continue. No, but but, but let, let, let me just let me just get this out. No, go ahead. I, I don't think the average American voter dug into his books to see what he actually wrote. We have four percent of the population. We use twenty five percent of the world's wealth. There should be a penalty for that, right? Okay. So I'm sitting there going, yeah, okay, but what have we done with the world's wealth? We have we've gotten it so big. Why do you think China's trying to steal our technology? Why do you think people are pouring across the border to come into this country? All right? Because of what we've done with it. And what what was the reason we did that? Our system. What was driving our system over the last hundred years? Cheap energy and the willingness to adapt to problems and use capitalism and competition to advance ourselves. What is being destroyed now? That very foundation is being destroyed. What's that going to lead to? You'll have your overlords. And that'll destroying be destroying it, and they're destroying it in an interesting way. It's not they're, like they're getting rid of it; they're villainizing it, yeah, so that's... it can still exist. But you're a bad person if yeah. you utilize it, which is very different than just like removing it. But yeah, that's exactly right. You you are you are a villain. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you, because yeah, we we could go on forever about <laughs> this. But if let's pick out uh, Jesse Jackson, Martin Luther King, Mahatma Gandhi. Desmond Tutu had all been signers of the Declaration of Independence and wrote large amounts of the Declaration of Independence. Would the Declaration and the Constitution, would it be any different as far as what the actual 
value of it is? Does it matter who wrote it? It's like the Ten Commandments, all right? They're inspired by the good Lord above, all right? So there's something. That, so I, I don't care if you're the man in the moon and you wrote those things. Those things were based on a genius idea mm. that, listen, we're, we're, we're mortals, we're humans, we're imperfect, but let's just bow our knee before God. Let's be free and see what happens. And so when I look at this, possible shutdowns from COVID this, this winter, the climate thing, it's just a matter of time before that's out. I don't be, think people are going to uh, shut down. Uh, oh, COVID. yeah, well, we, <laughs> did you we, see? five years ago, do you think it would be this way now? Yeah. I don't know, but I, I know we got to end this soon because we can go around. But we started with Deion Sanders. We can end it with Deion Sanders. He already said his team, like, if they enforce mask mandates, his team's not doing it. Yeah, okay. Well, Dion is, uh, you know, the, the way but the thing, the, But it's cool that Colorado obviously supports it. The University of Colorado. Is it Colorado University? Yeah, University, University of Colorado. Colorado. It's like, okay. And it, it was very popular on the internet. It's like, it. I don't know. I think at this point there would be enough pushback. I don't think anyone is buying into I think there is a lot, a silent majority that would not buy into it. Well, the, the, the thing is this. How, how much... Again, how much freedom are you willing to give up for the idea that you're actually safe? My idea on life is to try to get as strong as possible. And the day I meet meet something that is stronger than me is the day that I'm supposed to be removed. Well, we can pick it up on another uh, (laughs) another show. But but I I I think an increasing number of people are willing to give up. Freedom, if yeah. it means that they don't have to be responsible. That was hundred percent. I agree Paul with Harvey's you. old line was, you know, with, with great freedom comes great responsibility, and uh, you know, for a long time, people were like, well, yeah, I'm I'm responsible for my life, and I'll chart out my own course. And I just think increasingly, uh, people are buying into that the no the government has our best interests at heart and they'll look out for me and they'll take care of me and yeah uh, maybe i don't have quite the freedom uh, that i used to but at least they're taking care of me uh and it it is such a dangerous and anti-american uh sediment but it is i think encroaching uh ever increasingly on on our lives and on mm-hmm. uh, on young people in particular who I think are buying into. Well, it. it's amazing that you know a, a the, the prominent uh, you know with uh, former President Trump saying "Make America Great Again," to say we want to be great is a triggering point for so many people to get them mad. I mean, yeah. what what is I, this is what I don't understand? A lot of these people support football teams and baseball teams; they want them to be great. But what about your society? You know, it's, it's kind of weird because LBJ started the old Great Society stuff. And look where we've gone with that particular aspect, all right? And it's amazing watching for whatever you want to say about President Biden. You know, I, 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 keep, I keep telling some of the people I know that, are, you know, he's this and that. And I go, well, why is, he, why is this even close uh, what the, uh, okay, why would this even be close if he's as bad as you say? It may not be him. It may be the people. And I get tired of hearing guys, you know, come on and go, the American people know what's going on. No, they don't. 
They have no idea what's going on because they're not looking because, as Jesse said, they are lukewarm, all right? And it starts with climate. It's, you're gonna, you, this is what I knew after 2015, that climate was going to be the center point of this whole thing. Don't buy into it. It's only 57.33 degrees Fahrenheit right now. Mm. That's not hot. Okay. There you go. All right. We'll talk to you again next time. No, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let me know. when the, This was a stormy American uh, storm podcast, but... Uh, uh, we need a clock. We need we need to know when we're on the clock. We need like a ten minutes. Yeah, warning. you know what, what the heck? How long? <laughs> you gotta put oh you on the gosh, clock. Look at that. Yeah, that's a long one. <laughs> All right. Well, well I I I apologize, but like don't I said, apologize. Hey, Jocko Willink does a five hour podcast yeah, sometimes, and I, I listen to even, it. Right, well, I'll tell you. Well, that's a, when we're going to Texas. That's probably what I'm going to listen to. I listen to. Uh, right, by the right, way, right. Jordan, you have you noticed uh, Jordan Peterson is getting more and more militant out there. The more they try to. Can you imagine that? Probably one of the most brilliant thinkers of our time has to go get reprogrammed. <laughs> no, he's fighting it. That's no, but insane. I listen. He's going to push it so that they're going to take it to like they're going to take it to trial, and it's going to be videoed. Oh, well, that would. Be, well, and he's literally said, "I would do it for pay per view." <laughs> I'm not joking. He said that on one of his last podcasts. But yeah. anyway, we got to wrap it up. We got to wrap it up. All right, right, right. right. We got to wrap it up. Okay. Well, listen. Uh, this is. We'll be back next week with more of whatever comes into our mind at the time. <laughs> uh, you know, there's no plan for this. No. Uh, what, we covered Deion Sanders and Kale Sanderson all the way to whatever is going on. But uh, yeah. uh, listen. Don't let things get upset. You keep your eyes focused on the good Lord above. His window be uh, be at your back. And uh, if you, uh, you know, happen to email me, remind me that I have to do that, too. And above <laughs> all, above all, please, besides everybody Wang Chung tonight, enjoy the weather. It's the only weather you've got.